Welcome to First Formation, spiritual exercise for Christian soldiers looking to get the fuck up and pray. Join Pew Pew HQ every weekday morning to hear the good news through grunts and with grunts in the unity of the Holy Spirit as one church forever and ever. Fall in. Psalm 25, verses 1 through 10. To you, O Lord, I lift up my soul. O my God, in you I trust. Do not let me be put to shame. Do not let my enemies exult over me. Do not let those who wait for you be put to shame. Let them be ashamed who are wantonly treacherous. Make me to know your ways, O Lord. Teach me your paths. Lead me in your truth and teach me, for, for you are the God of my salvation. For you I wait all day long. Be mindful of your mercy, O Lord, and of your steadfast love, for they have been from old. Do not remember the sins of my youth or my transgressions. According to your steadfast love, remember me, for your, good, for your goodness' sake, O Lord. Good and upright is the Lord. Therefore he instructs sinners in the way. He leads the humble in what is right, and teaches the humble his way. All the paths of the Lord are steadfast love and faithfulness for those who keep his covenant and decrees. Daniel chapter 9, verses 1 through 14. In the first year of Darius, son of Ahasuerus, by birth a Med, who became king over the realm of the Chaldeans, in the first year of his reign, I, Daniel, perceived in the book's the number of years that according to the word of the Lord to the prophet Jeremiah must be fulfilled for the dev- devastation of Jerusalem, namely 70 years. Then I turned to the Lord God to seek an answer by prayer and supplication with fasting and sackcloth and ashes. I prayed to the Lord my God and made confession, saying, O Lord, great and awesome God, keeping covenant and steadfast love with those who love you and keep your commandments, we have sinned and done wrong acted wickedly and rebelled, turning aside from your commandments and ordinances. We have not listened to your servants, the prophets, who spoke in your name to our kings, our princes, and our ancestors, and to all the people of the land. Righteousness is on your side, O Lord, but open shame, as at this day falls on us, the people of Judah, the inhabitants of Jerusalem, and all Israel, those who are near and those who are far away in all the lands to which you have driven them, because of the treachery that they have committed against you. Open shame, O Lord, falls on us, our kings, our officials, and our ancestors, because we have sinned against you. To the Lord our God belong mercy and forgiveness, for we have rebelled against him, and we have not obeyed the voice of the Lord our God by following his laws, which he set before us by his servants the prophets. All Israel has transgressed your law and turned aside, refusing to obey your voice. So the curse and the oath written in the law of Moses, the servant of God, have been poured out upon us, because we have sinned against you. He has confirmed his words, which he spoke against us and against our rulers, by bringing upon us a calamity so great that what has been done against Jerusalem has never before been done under the whole heaven. Just as it is written in the law of Moses, all this calamity has come upon us. We did not entreat the favor of the Lord our God, turning from our iniquities and reflecting on his fidelity, 
So the Lord kept watch over his calamity until he brought it upon us. Indeed, the Lord our God is right in all that he has done, for we have disobeyed his voice. 1 John chapter 1, verses 3-10 through 10. We declare to you what we have seen and heard, so that you may also have fellowship with us. And truly, our fellowship is with the Lord and with his Son, Jesus Christ. We are writing these things so that by our joy may be complete. This is the message we have heard from him and proclaim to you, that God is light and in him there is no darkness at all. If we say that we have fellowship with him while we are walking in darkness, we lie and do not know what is true. But if we walk in the light, as he himself is in the light, we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus, his Son, cleanses us from all sin. If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he who is faithful and just will forgive our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If we say that we have not sinned, we make him a liar, and his word is not in us. Good morning, and welcome to the tech, the first Thursday of Lent, but um, I'll probably have to title it differently because I usually um, follow the weeks, but um, this is Brother Logan Isaac broadcasting from Iamsville, Maryland. This morning's readings come to us from Psalm 25, Daniel 9, and 1 John chapter 1, and as I had mentioned, the uh, we're in um, the first couple of days following Ash Wednesday. Um, the first, second, third, and all those um, are usually going to be just a full week. So um, unlike in Christmas, I can't say you know, the first day of Christmas or something like that. Um, this is you know technically the first Thursday uh, of Lent, but it won't be titled that way. So... Um, Yesterday was Ash Wednesday, and um, the period that we've entered is one of fasting and prayer, um, one of considering our faults and trying to do better. And, and um, fasting in, in our day and age has come to uh, mean doing away with something th- uh, that is good. You know, say chocolate, it's an easy um, example or or high fructose corn syrup or fill in the blank. Um, and it's, uh, it's supposed to be about self-improvement. It doesn't have to be food. One year, um, I gave up speaking during the daylight hours. So I combined an Islamic fast, which only goes from sunrise to sundown, with um, just kind of trying to humble myself and, and understand the world a little bit differently. Um, and I think I did. I think there's only just two or three days out of the entire Lenten season that I didn't do it. Oh, and I took Sundays off. So I could I could talk to people during the day on Sundays. But otherwise, I only spoke at night. Um, it was a really interesting experience, you know, learning uh, more about um, yourself and about um, how others perceive the world, some people who can't speak or, you know, some people who can't hear. Um, you know, they experience the world differently. And getting out of yourself um, is part of our our faith tradition. You know, understanding that we're just one of of you know uh, an innumerable number of saints, 
um, is, you know, it's important to understand that. Um, but one thing I think that um, I often think about in terms of you know, modern American Christianity, um, and that's, you know, the, the very underlying point of Lent is, you know, repentance. And repentance is premised upon the idea that you accept that you have done something wrong, um, perhaps many things wrong, and maybe you keep doing them wrong. Um, and I've, I think that there's something in our culture that, uh, and especially through you know the lens of military service, where we refuse to acknowledge that we've done wrong. You know, we we stand by our 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 convictions or whatever we call them, um, and we refuse to back down from our position. Um, and we typically just become more and more kind of calcified in our own ways. Um, and one of the things that got me thinking about this early on is um, the idea of, or the way that the just war tradition is used today is uh, an attempt to justify our actions. Um, of course, it's God who performs justification, but we try and do it anyway. And the rationale is, well, we haven't done anything wrong because our actions are justified. Violence is is okay if uh, certain parameters are met. And this was not the way the just war tradition was used a long time ago. This is very much a, a modern world thing. Um, you know, the the birth of just war in the legal system under Hugo Grotius in the 1600s um, is kind of the first step in saying, well, you know, we didn't do anything wrong uh, because you started it. I mean, it's this whataboutism combined with the, the intellect of a four-year-old. Um, and so if war is justified, we don't have to repent of it because we haven't done anything wrong. And that is a, a vile, vicious, um, insidious lie. Um, just because something may be called for or necessary does not make it right. Um, and I think the, the assumption or the, the belief in this lie keeps us from repenting, which is even worse. Um, so not only are we er- so arrogant to believe that um, we haven't done something wrong, that very arrogance keeps us from uh, repenting and becoming better. Um, there's a way to think about um, having done something wrong that doesn't require, you know, that um, that everything, you know, the baby gets thrown out with, bat- with the bathwater. Um, namely, it's this kind of, orthodox way of looking at sin, like, you know, you, you may go to war, but then you repent of it. And in the very, in the kind of typical, you know, example or scenario of like, if somebody broke into your home, um, you know, this challenge to pacifists, if somebody breaks into your home, restrain them. And if you hurt them, or if you seriously injure them, you apologize or you repent. It's, it doesn't make it right. Um, all it does is correct something. Um, sin is never justified. When we do it because we think we have no other option, that doesn't make it right. Bonhoeffer, when he you know participated in whatever mysterious way he participated in the plot to assassinate Hitler, he really thought that he had no other options. And he said he'd never, never return to the pulpit 
once having undertaken this thing. Um, and so we have to back down from this idea that, you know, we can never make mistakes. Um, but on the same, uh, that same need is also embedded in kind of like the other side of the coin in our culture. I think we, we refuse to back down because the stakes have become higher or this accountability is foreign to so many of us, um, such that on the one hand, people try to justify their actions by hiding the fact that they've done wrong. Um, and then on the other hand, because people get away with things so easily, some people do, um, accountability becomes to look, starts to look a lot like a death sentence. Um, you know, I think of, uh, like me too, um, a lot of people, a lot of men got away with some really effed up shit. Um, and, uh, for some that culpability was criminal. Um, you know, I don't, I don't even think that say Weinstein ever apologized. I don't think, um, but for lesser crimes, we forget that there are lesser crimes. Um, I think of like Aziz Ansari who like was genuinely like, you know, he had a, a an uncommon, you know, kind of interaction um, the other person was really offended and kind of me too him, but it turned out like um, there was a bit of an overreaction. Um, when people are afraid, or there's, I think there's two reasons that we refuse to repent. One is that we convince ourselves that we're right, and the second is that we're afraid of the consequences. And sometimes the consequences are excessive, but sometimes they're not. Um, and so this period of Lent... Um, I, earn, I encourage my listeners to remember that it's very possible and very, um, very likely that we've been wrong in our lives, and we might be wrong right now. Um, and we, there should be nothing that keeps us from returning to the right, to doing what's right, and to being um, in right relationship with one another and with God. Um, the the fear. Um, that grips us when we know that we've done wrong and the shame that that takes hold. Um, we should never let those settle in to who we are and, and what we do. Um, we should be quick to acknowledge that um, we, you know, we might be wrong. Um, I remember there's a, a book editor who reached out to me, an acquisitions editor, because she read something on my blog, my statement of faith, which, I mean, I, it's somewhere in my old blog, um, I said very plainly, like, I reserve the right to be wrong. Um, and I said that because it, like, yeah, I could be wrong. Um, a lot of the the kind of stuff that I find myself doing about Christian soldiers, like, I might be wrong. Um, and I, I know that because I, I haven't done, I haven't seen a whole lot of other people doing stuff in a way that I think is healthy and good and, um, uh, you know, kind of credible. So, but I, and I might get it wrong. Um, and that, that impulse, that reminder that we might be wrong, I think uh, it helps me to remember um, that it's important to repent of those things that we have done wrong. But we can't repent if we refuse to see those things, if we refuse to look at them, um, at, you know, as individuals or as a society. And when we look at them, we have to be careful not to apply one sentence to all perceived infractions. 
um, that the the crime should ma- or the, the punishment or the the consequence. I'm sorry, should match the crime. Um, you know, I, <laughs> I think of like Louis C.K. who like had this horrible, horrible pattern of you know I I don't need to get into it, but like it wasn't necessarily a assault. Well, yeah, Louis C.K. liked apparently to masturbate in front of women. And so he wasn't assaulting people, but he was clearly creating an inappropriate and totally, um, you know, just horrible situation. And he apologized. He came out and kind of said, like, you know, I did this. It's wrong. Um, and after some months or something, he tried to return to the only job he's had for I don't know how many years. And a lot of people were upset that, you know, they thought that he should never get back up on the stage. Um, and it, it, it dawned on me or it makes me think like, what is, um, what is going on that we think that there's only one punishment or one consequence for all these various different types of crime or, you know, sins or, or, um, injustices, whatever you want to call them. Um, and so on the one hand, we need to be prepared to accept responsibility and accountability um, as individuals and as members of our society, we should be prepared to be careful about how we dole out consequences um, that the the consequences should match um, the crime or the, the sin that's committed and, and not um, discourage repentance by you know having consequences that are uh, too harsh that don't match uh, the action. So during this whole season of Lent, um, think about what it is that you've done wrong, but also think about how you, we can be in a society that allows wrongdoers to um, face accountability, um, not only that they might uh, be willing to, to be honest and repent and apologize, but also that society itself um, has a more robust and just and accountable and equitable system um, that doesn't discourage people from repenting and turning from their ways either. A prayer in times of conflict from the Book of Common Prayer. O oh God, you have bound us together in a common life. Help us in the midst of our struggles for justice and truth to confront one another without hatred or bitterness and to work together with mutual forbearance and respect. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Thank you for falling into First Formation, where Pew Pew HQ shares morning prayers for the humble, hardy folk caught in the crosshairs of God and country. If you like what you've heard, you can participate in one of the three following ways. First, you can support the podcast at patreon.com slash pewpewhq. You can contribute as little as a dollar a month and you can cancel at any time if I ever piss you off. Second, you can become a co-host by recording a lectionary reading for a future episode. Instructions will be provided, and you don't have to be a grunt to collaborate with Pew Pew HQ in this or any way. Finally, you can also record and send prayer requests of a minute or less. Prayers can be included in the episode, read anonymously if you wish, or kept private for me to pray for off-air. So there you have it. Three ways to participate in First Formation. I hope you'll continue to listen, even if I can't convince you to jump in. This has been Brother Logan Isaac, 
Always faithful, always family. Semper Familia.